Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity titled Strategies for Mitigating Health Disparities in Patients with Anemia of CKD is provided by Clinical Care Options, LLC, and is supported by an educational grant from GlaxoSmithKline. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Medical Minute 4, Strategies for Mitigating Health Disparities in Patients with Anemia of CKD. My name is Dr. Ajay Singh. I'm Senior Associate Dean for Postgraduate Medical Education at Harvard Medical School and a nephrologist at Brigham and Women's Hospital uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. These are my disclosures. The learning objectives for this session is to describe mitigation strategies that can help reduce health disparities among patients of color with the anemia of chronic kidney disease. Let's do a poll. How many patients with CKD do you provide care for in a typical week? And you have six options here. Pre-survey, how much do you agree with this statement? Patient-centered care will help reduce health disparities in patients of color with anemia of CKD, and you have five options. Now let's turn to anemia as a public health challenge in the United States. The anemia of CKD is a significant problem. More than one in seven, or 15% of US adults, or 37 million people, are estimated to have chronic kidney disease. Anemia of CKD affects 4.8 million people and is present in 87% of patients receiving hemodialysis. In fact, probably even more than that, uh, if you count all the patients who've been on treatment uh, and then come off treatment for a variety of reasons. It's associated with a reduced quality of life, higher rates of CV morbidities, hospitalizations, and mortality. Figure on the right-hand side of your screen, you see the prevalence, and you see this prevalence uh, according to CKD stages, stage 3A, 3B, stage 4, and stage 5. And you can see uh, that as you progress from stage 3 all the way up to stage 5, uh, you get progressively greater prevalence of anemia. Turning to disparities in CKD care and prevalence of CKD by race or ethnicity, on this figure, you see the adjusted incident end-stage renal disease rate by race, by race, ethnicity, and social deprivation index. And this is data from 2020. On the vertical axis is the rate per million. And on the horizontal axis, there are three data points, data among whites, blacks, and Latinos. SDI is depicted uh, in blue, 1 to 33, in red, 34 to 36, and in gray, 67 to 100. Uh, and what you can see here is that there is clearly a higher rate of a social deprivation, regardless of the type or severity of the social deprivation among Blacks and among Latinos, much more so among Blacks than even Latinos, quite considerably higher per million in the population. When you look at racial disparities and CKD in this next slide, you see the minorities uh, populations at higher risk Blacks and Latinos, that's shown in the figure, but these are also the individuals that experience less medical care. 44% have risk factors for CKD, but only 24% are actually screened for CKD. And the prevalence of pre-dialysis care from nephrologists among hemodialysis patients by ethnicity, Hispanic versus non-Hispanic, Latino versus non-Latino, 52% versus 44%. So clearly not only are 
Black and Hispanic or Black and Latino populations at higher risk of developing kidney failure from diabetes, but they are receiving less care and they're receiving much less pre-dialysis care. Disparities in CKV care between Black and white persons. Now, the, there are major domains contributing to racial differences and disparities in quality of care and clinical outcomes for patients with CKD. Shown on the vertical axis is the quality of healthcare and health outcome. Uh, and on the horizontal, you see columns of either white individuals or black individuals. And you see that the quality of healthcare and health outcomes is lower among blacks as it is compared to whites. And this is data from last year uh, published in the American Journal of Kidney Disease. If you try and account for possible reasons for this difference, uh, shown in the orange box, you see there are a variety of different reasons. The ones I want to focus on are the ones at the bottom three boxes. The first one is related to social-based health disparity. This is broader institutional-based discrimination, bias, and prejudice, racial segregation, economic and educational injustice, and then healthcare disparity, which is really access and operation of health systems and the legal and regulatory climate that raises obstacles for uh, Black patients to receive care efficiently. And of course, discrimination, where there are both implicit and explicit biases and prejudice, stereotyping and uncertainty within the healthcare system uh, that also are obstacles to healthcare. And as you can see, if you look at this difference, and this is an estimate, of course, uh, there's limited quantitative data about this, but it's estimated that probably around two thirds of the difference between black individuals and white individuals with respect to quality of care and healthcare outcomes is related to really these social-based health disparities and, and healthcare disparities more broadly. The next slide, we see disparities in CKD care that relate to socioeconomic status. And here we're gonna examine a theoretical model, which really posits that there's an interconnected set of mechanisms that underlie these associations between socioeconomic status and health. On the left-hand side of the slide, you see in green, the socioeconomic status. And here we're talking about education, employment, income, and poverty. And, and clearly you see they're all interrelated, right? It's unfortunate, but probably quite true that people who are better educated have a greater likelihood of being employed, of having a greater income, and much less likely to uh, be classified as in a poverty category. And these socioeconomic status issues are amplified by racial bias when you look through the lens of race. And then when you look in the big blue box, um, you see selective social determinants of health. And there are a number of these, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over individual ones, but you see they're all interconnected. They're interconnected to socioeconomic status, but they're also interconnected to each other. The net result of this is that it impacts on outcomes, health outcomes, morbidity, and mortality. Now, when we look at this in terms of outcome, this is data that I and my colleagues generated, and this is based on an examination of NHANES. NHANES is a representative data set that's very commonly used in examining questions related uh, to the population as a whole in the United States. And here, what we did was we looked at NHANES in an adjusted analysis over a 20-year period from 1999 all the way through uh, to 2018. And on the vertical axis, you see percentage, and horizontally, you see that the dots progressively represent different NHANES surveys. And what you see in, in light blue is anemia, as defined by 
uh, the WHO classification for anemia. Uh, anemia in much more common in non-Hispanic blacks than in non-Hispanic whites, uh, blue versus green. And this change over time has actually gotten worse. If you look carefully, the percentage of non-Hispanic blacks who have anemia in 1999, you see it's about between 20 to 25%. And if you see what it is in 2018, a more contemporary survey, you see it's between 25 to 30%. And I think you can probably recognize that this has some plausibility because what's essentially happened is the rich have gotten richer and the, uh, the people who are more disadvantaged uh, have become even more disadvantaged. In the next figure, we look at the proportion of African-Americans with anemia among patients with advanced CKD. This is stage three to five. And we're looking at a percentage of participants in NHANES with a hemoglobin of less than 10. And you're looking at three stages of kidney disease, less than 15 to 29, that's more severe, 30 to 59, and then greater than 60. On the vertical axis, you're looking at percentage. Uh, and you're also looking in the third dimension, all patients, non-Hispanic whites, non-Hispanic blacks, Mexican-American or Hispanics, and the race, including multiracial. And the thing that really stands out, the column that really stands out is this red column in patients who have a GFR of less than 15 to 29. Uh, you can see that uh, there's nearly a two to two and a half fold higher rate of anemia among non-Hispanic blacks than uh, compared to others, not, for example, compared to non-Hispanic whites for patients with more uh, severe kidney disease. But this difference persists even in milder or less severe stages of CKD. And again, this has been presented at the ASN as a poster uh, just very recently. Data um, have been looking at prevalence of CKD in both an anemic cohort and non-anemic cohort. This is data from SARAF. Uh, and on the left-hand side, uh, you see these pie charts. And in dark blue, you see what the percentage of individuals who are anemic. And again, here you see anemia would be much more prevalent among black non-Hispanics than compared to white non-Hispanics, 50% versus 30%. Very similar to the data that I just suggested. And this disparity with respect to race is particularly noticeable or meaningful in the anemia cohort, because when you look at the non-anemia cohort, the disparity is not there. When you look on the right-hand side, non so lower socioeconomic st status at higher risk of anemia, and you see that patients who are anemic have a greater prevalence of low income and a greater prevalence twofold uh, in terms of education, less than high school education, 29% versus 14%. So a couple of things from these two or three slides. One, anemia is a common problem in patients who are not on dialysis. It's particularly worse when you look at this data by CKD stage. And then among patients with more severe CKD, non-Hispanic Blacks seem to have a nearly twofold higher rate compared to non-Hispanic whites. And that there seems to be a relationship with respect to anemia uh, between income and education. Now, the other point I wanted to just uh, discuss with you is the issue around treatment in non-dialysis patients with respect to transfusions. And you see that among patients uh, who have stage three to five non-dialysis dependent CKD with anemia, and when you look at this data from Wendy St. Peter's, transfusion is much more common uh, among commercially insured uh, patients than you would have expected, 12% versus those getting 11%. So 
I mean, I would have thought that transfusions would be a fairly rare event among insured individuals who are relatively young, less than age 63, but actually 12% of prevalence. And this is an important problem because transfusions have risk associated with them. There's risk of allosensitization, there's risk of hyperkalemia, the risk of tipping patients into acute heart failure. This situation is even worse among Medicare-covered patients where transfusion rates are as high as 22% compared to 13% who are being treated with an ESA. The reason I bring this data up is when you look at this um, and when you think about looking at this through the lens of disparity, we already under uh, understand that patients who are less advantaged, who are non-whites, uh, either Latinos or uh, African-Americans, have a much harder job of getting through the complex myriad of, of an average health system to get things like blood transfusions, right? So the bottleneck is even worse in these patients. So it's not simply that there's a, there's a disparity with respect to having anemia, but even anemia treatment can be a real problem. Now, socioeconomic determinants of health uh, and, and the role of anemia in this uh, is shown in this next figure. And as, as we've already discussed, it's complicated, right? There's, there's an interaction between biology and environment. And shown here is the interplay between a variety of different factors. And so on the one hand, you have common causes of anemia and CKD shown on the right-hand side, uh, erythropoietin deficiency, iron deficiency, blood loss, and so on. And on the left-hand side, you, you can see that when you look at this through the lens of uh, social determinants of care, it's complicated. Many different reasons and many different factors interplaying with each other. And whether you apply this to blood transfusions or you apply this to conventional ESA therapy, it probably explains why African-Americans have a much higher rate of anemia with advanced CKD. They're not either not getting the treatment or getting access to the treatment uh, is very problematic. So how do we improve this through improvement of health disparities? There are two broad factors that I think are at play, and then there's treatment and monitoring. So on the left-hand side, you see the patient-centered care factors that are important and can be fixed, right? So getting patients earlier diagnosis, earlier screening, making sure that they intersect with the health system requires you to assemble a multidisciplinary care team. Developing strategies for educating patients, uh, asking patients about and thinking about social determinants of health, identifying community resources, uh, including patients, caregivers, and patient community treatment and educational efforts, uh, and constantly reassessing, almost like in a PDSA cycle. Just to give you an example of this, you know, we know, for example, that African Americans spend a lot of time going to church, as you know, in, in the community. That's an important aspect of their life. Getting education through individuals, churches, uh, ch a church might be a way to access. So you have to try to think out of the box with respect to this and assembling a multidisciplinary uh, care team that can actually access sort of non-conventional ways of educating patients might be important. Identifying a diagnosis, uh, leveraging and implementing detection protocols, leveraging health information systems, promoting detection at every opportunity, measuring, tracking, and improving all important. And then last but not least, and as I said, treatment and monitoring, keeping as our North Star, the idea of integrating evidence-based guidelines, educating patients, and then monitoring them to see how, how they are over time as their disease progresses. Addressing healthcare disparities can improve CKD outcomes. For example, Native American patients previously had a high rate of diabetes-related end-stage kidney disease. 
But this problem of diabetes-related renal failure has been improved with initiatives that have addressed healthcare disparities, developing clinical education programs and tools to manage that culture, relevant patient education materials, and then using the electronic medical record to manage these patients through alerts and screening tools. Healthcare provider to clinical communication or handoffs are important. The interdisciplinary uh, healthcare delivery models that are mentioned here, like uh, the, the intersection between the primary care physician, nephrologist, and hematologist, the use of patient navigators and community health workers, and really the leveraging of the renal and hematology teams is important. And as you think about this across the care continuum, these teams and these models intersect at various points, critical points in this healthcare continuum. Addressing health literacy and language barriers is important. There are many effective methods that have been demonstrated in a number of different studies that are cited, uh, focusing on important points and avoiding medical jargons to communicate important information, uh, using teach-back techniques where the patient repeats the information in their own words, and then using visual medication schedules, uh, like show, the one shown on the right-hand side of the screen that's translated into different languages. These are all tools that can be leveraged in order to improve the ability of patients to access care. You can also leverage family members uh, to improve this. Uh, family members are usually a trusted part individual within the healthcare team, uh, the multidisciplinary healthcare team. They're often aware of the cultural challenges, they're aware of the language barriers, uh, and can serve as a liaison between the patient and the healthcare provider. And this can be of great value also because uh, as the teams manage all these patients in this more holistic way. Family members can actually play a very important role in moderating the amount of work that these healthcare teams have to take on in order to make things happen. And uh, as I said, family members can be very useful as interpreters uh, and be able to help patients navigate a very complex environment with respect to accessing care. I'm not going to uh, spend a lot of time on this, but um, this is a really nice schematic that has been presented by Dawson and colleagues, and really talks about the fact that you really need to do things in parallel. It's not an iterative process of let's try strategy one, then move to strategy two, and then move to strategy three. You have to think of uh, individuals uh, first, of course, then you think about the microsystem around them, the exosystem around that microsystem, and then the macrosystem. And of course, the macrosystem is very difficult to change, right? Very difficult to change laws, culture, history, economy, but they are all important. Uh, and you need to think, think about these things in parallel. It's also important to increase participation rate in clinical trials. Clinical decision-making is based on studies of research participants currently or mostly white, and increasing the involvement or participation of um, non-white participants, I think it's important. So let's now uh, turn uh, to an assessment. How much do you agree with this statement? Patient-centered care will help reduce health disparities in patients of color with anemia of CKD, and there are five options for you to consider. So in summary and conclusions, uh, racial minorities are at higher risk for chronic kidney disease. I think that that's been shown in numerous studies. There are quality gaps in, in the care of racial minorities. And there's a lot of complexity around why this happens. And I shared some of the complexity and the interplay with many different factors. CKD anemia is much more common in, in Blacks. And uh, this anemia increases the risk of blood transfusions. But blood transfusions in of themselves are not a panacea because 
in order to get a blood transfusion, you need to access the healthcare system and there are bottlenecks. And these bottlenecks are much more severe in patients who are non-white. Social determinants of health is, is, are important factors in CKD anemia. You need to think of this as overlapping uh, factors from the individual to the microsystem, to the exosystem, to the macrosystem. And uh, strategies to improve disparities will need to be multi-pronged. Um, a cookie-cutter approach or one-size-fit strategy will not work for everyone. Now let's take the test. Uh, to earn CME or CE credit for this activity, please click the Claim Credit button on the left of your screen. You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Clinical Care Options, LLC, and is supported by an educational grant from GlaxoSmithKline. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.